Hello, this is Mike Ghetto and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hops. Welcome to the 20th episode of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Today we have a very special guest, Eric Save. Eric uh, is part of the Save and Sons Farm in Mabton uh, here in Washington State in the Lower Valley. And uh, Eric's, uh, Eric's a split uh, personality. He's got a dad that's a Dodgers fan, and he himself is a Mariners fan. And then we got Steve, of course, that is split between the Mariners and the Giants. And I'm just simple enough. All I've got is my Minnesota Twins. So. You, can, you <laughs> can be the referee, Mike. <laughs> um, and speaking of the Dodgers and uh, the Minnesota Twins, uh, evidently they've got a new second baseman down there in L.A. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Brian Dozier, he hasn't been doing too bad since he got to L.A. He actually hit a pretty big home run last night. He's uh, he's had, if you look in the last three, four years, he's always been a strong second-half guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Twins, died, you know, they, ha- they they had to sell. You understand that. But uh, it seems like they could have gotten a little bit more from maybe if they even waited through waivers or whatever. So the we'll see. The only sad thing, Mike, is it's the end of the Minnesota Twins' Fernando Rodney experience. That happened overnight, too, which is even was even worse for the Mariners because he's going to the A's, right? So we got to go uh, see him on Tuesday, is it? Actually, we don't mind the fact that he's pitching uh, <laughs> closing for the Oakland yeah. A's based on his we experience went through in Seattle. We had a, he actually had a very good year for the Twins. His ERA was just above three. I mean, he had the experience. I think uh, half a dozen times I'd watch her listen to the game, and it was uh, one run lead into the ninth, and the bases were loaded, and he got the last out. So yeah. <laughs> I l- lost a little bit of uh, the little hair I had left. So <laughs> He but wasn't easy to watch, that's for sure. Well, Eric, what's going down? In Ma- what's going on down in Mapton? How are the hops looking? Hops aren't, aren't doing too bad right now, actually. Uh, you know, the last two weeks with the heat, it's been pretty, uh, pretty stressful. Not necessarily for the hops, but for us, just trying to keep up on uh, sprays, keep up on water. But uh, they're not looking too bad. You know, um, watering looks fine, fertilizer looks fine, but uh, mite pressure, as you can imagine, with the hundred plus degree days we've been having, we've been pushing pretty hard and doing the best we can right now with uh, what we got. What uh, what all varieties are you growing this year? Well, we have quite a few. Uh, let's see. We have Citra, Simcoe, Cascades, Amarillos, uh, Bravos, 682s, and then we have a few fields of CTZs. Maybe can you explain to people, in case they ha- haven't caught up on some of the earlier podcasts, why you and most hot farmers like to grow, you know, six to ten different varieties. What's the reason for that? Oh uh, well, me still being fresh to this, I ask a lot of questions. And thing is, to my dad is uh, more of learning experience as far as you know mar- market. You people ask for certain hops, but uh, learning the different techniques and the different growing techniques of different hops is something that he kind of showed interest in, and he's been passing on to me. So, what I've gotten from my dad is to not just focus so much on one variety and be able to expand your knowledge on a lot of different uh, different varieties and how they grow and what you can do to improve those certain varieties such as soil or fertilizer or different sprays. A lot of different varieties that react to a lot differently to sprays or different techniques, which was uh, something I've learned in my short time here, but it's very interesting. Eric or Steve even, I mean, if you are looking at this kind of weather now and we've got the mites and we've got it, can you think about some varieties that do a little bit better in this, this higher heat or is it kind of uniform because we've got so much water through irrigation or is that part of what you think about when you're putting together a portfolio of hops to grow on the farm? Uh, in my opinion, I, th- I think a lot of the aroma hops are preferable in terms of water usage. They have a lower yield. 
they typically mature a little bit earlier so that, so they don't quite put quite the pressure on what you really want to keep wet this time of year is your late maturing alpha varieties that's the ctz's and the ctz 682 um, any of those late maturing varieties uh, you want to really keep them clean going in because once that might establish itself especially in that top part of the vine they are really tough to get mm. and they'll get up there and they'll web and uh, so you've got to put the spray on to penetrate that and uh, you want those clean going into this time of the year and and that's one of the concerns i've had just driving around um, eric your hops look uh, amazing and uh, clean but you're starting to see a little bit of uh, mite pressure on mm -hmm. the top of some of the yards if you can get just in the right spot and uh, hopefully they're early maturing varieties that can be harvested before the mites become a problem but if you if you have that in your late maturing varieties, you're you're going to be fighting a battle for for the next month. Where does uh, a tannum fit into the the harvesting window? Uh, it's a hop I'm just learning more about, uh, but the history of it's fantastic. But where where does that fit into uh, a harvesting window? Is it early, late, in between? It, it, it's it's a mid maturing variety. Uh, it's a great variety. It's uh, YCR one, so it was really the first the variety original number one uh, uh, yeah. released out of the program way back when. And uh, I know there's a, a kind of a neat story with Autanum. Uh, it was a variety that had some some pretty good demand. Stone Brewing was one of the first ones to use it. Stone and uh, Boston, Boston beer. beer used it. Uh, uh, Brewdog was a big one as well, right? Absolutely, they yeah. still still use a lot of Autanum yeah. and. Uh, there's really some agronomic issues. Uh, they developed a viroid, and that vi viroid is spread through mechanical cultivation. So they found themselves in a situation where they needed to clean up the variety. But the problem is, where do you find clean plants? And, and why is that? Because it would spread so much throughout the valley, and it just, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. and, it's and a virus. Once, once the plant has it, uh, technically a viroid, but viroid, once the yep. plant has it, uh, you can't get it out. Okay. And so it's it's very uh, important to find some clean material to do softwood cuttings and, and propagate from there. And uh, they looked all over the place to try to find a clean plant or two in the commercial fields. And they couldn't. And luckily, uh, our very own Pedro, Mar uh, Pedro Venegas, uh, my procurement guy, happened to plant a little hop yard down along the warehouse down in Sunnyside. And he had, uh, I think, eight plants of Autanum, eight plants of Simcoe, eight plants of Palisade, and maybe some Warrior. So the original select botanical groups varieties. And uh, so we got the idea one day, gosh, we can't find that. Let's go down to Pete's yard. And so they came down, and the guys in their white coats, and it looks like Ghostbusters or something, <laughs> came in there. And, and uh, two of the plants were completely clean. Wow. So from those two plants, and this was about three years ago, they started the cleanup process, started softwood cuttings, and uh, now almost 100% of the uh, autanum that are grown this year came from those two plants. From those two plants, wow. And, and are, are clean and look absolutely amazing. Uh, there's going to be some some 14 bale autanum out there this year. How would you describe the aroma profile for autanum if you were... Um, yeah, talking to a brewer, how, how would you describe it? If I had to compare it to another hop, it's it's probably pretty close to Cascade. Mm -hmm. It's got about a 6-7% alpha, and it's about a 1-to-1 one -one alpha-beta ratio. 
Uh, it's a little sharper, maybe a little more uh, floral mm -hmm. than uh, what Cascade is. But it's a really nice hop. Uh, and now that we've got it cleaned up, it'll be one that'll be consistent and stable in terms of uh, yield and quality from here on out. So hopefully we can find some uh, folks out there that uh, uh, are looking for a uh, a very stable, high-quality hop that uh, makes beer taste great. Well, it must have been something pretty special for the, the breweries we talked about, Stone, Boston, BrewDog, and others that were using it to must have some pretty good characteristics. So yeah, be, yep, I think so. I, I've uh, tried a few beers with Autanum in it, and it, it's a nice hop. It adds some nice, clean crispness to the, uh, to the beer, and uh, hopefully it'll be something that takes off because uh, we, we've got the growing and the agronomic part figured out. Do you know if anybody uh, either in uh, at Dodger Stadium or at Safeco is serving a beer with a tana by chance? Do you happen to know if any of our brewers would? Uh, I I don't know, but I'm very happy to do some research, Mike. If you'd like me to, I <laughs> we can will <laughs> absolutely we, we will fund that research. <laughs> Eric, have you been to many games this year? Uh, uh, let's see. We went to the opening <laughs> series against Cleveland. Um, I think they actually swept them opening series and. Uh, just got back from the two-game set against the Giants a couple Ru weeks back. Rumor has it you spent part of your honeymoon at baseball games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got married about three weeks ago, and uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, we were, or actually Monday through Thursday, we were in Seattle, but Tuesday and Wednesday, we watched those two Giants games, and they were pretty competitive. The Giants fans traveled very well. I could have <laughs> swore we were outnumbered, just like at the Toronto games, but... Steve. They, were, they were competitive. It was fun to watch. Steve, I asked Eric uh, before, right before he got married. I said, "So your 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 fiance Ashley is a she's a Moxie girl. She's a she's a Washington State Cougar, and she's a baseball fan. You know, which of those reasons did you marry for?" And he just said, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> so all three. Yes. A yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't, uh, can't ask for more. Moxie, yeah. Cougars, and, and Eric. You, you played a little bit of uh, baseball growing up. I did. I, I, I played quite a bit played for the Beatles for mm -hmm. a couple of years, and uh, um, actually, you went up to Wenatchee Valley, right? Yeah, I played at Wenatchee Valley for three years, and after that, I was done by the time I went to uh, Washington State to finish up my education, but yep. it, was a, it was a lot of fun. L enjoyed every every minute of it. What position uh, did you play? Catcher. Okay. Yes. I was a catcher. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, a lot of wear and tear, but... Wouldn't have traded for anything. Who was, uh, who, if, so if you grew up kind of a Mariners fan, or you did you have a catcher hero in the major leagues, or who, was you, who did you try to model yourself on if you did at all? Or Growing up, you know, early on I was a fan of Dan Wilson. Everybody mm -hmm. everybody liked Dan Wilson. Sure. And then. Uh, Steve, it's uh, Diana's favorite player, right? My, my wife is in love with Dan Wilson, yes. <laughs> it's she just should, something she I accept. She must like yeah. the uh, Tuesday home games when he's in the booth, huh? Uh, y <laughs> yeah. She, uh, she, Dan the man, she calls him. Dan the man. Yeah. I actually liked Kenji Jojima. You remember Kenji Jojima? Oh, Jochima? sure. Yeah, yeah, I was a fan of him. He, he wasn't around long, but he, I just I liked him. Not necessarily modeled my game after him, but just liked watching him. But a uh, big, big person that I liked to watch uh, was Yadier Molina mm -hmm. still and Jorge Posada. Yep. So um, it's kind of what made me a slight Yankees fan as well was just Jorge Posada. Jorge, yep. Yeah, but not necessarily anybody I modeled my game after. I just liked watching Watching them all. If you were anything more than a slight Yankee fan, you probably wouldn't be on this podcast. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I think I could hear booze already from outside. <laughs> so what is uh, what's your dad thinking of the the Dodgers? They're uh, they've they're back on track, obviously after a very rough start on the year. You know, he was he was pretty optimistic. Cause last night, I mean, me and my dad, we swapped texts pretty much every night, 
during games, Mariners games, Dodgers games. Then, uh, no, he was he was pretty happy last night. Then I woke up to some news this morning that their closer, Kenley Jansen, got hospitalized. Oh, really? Yeah. Irregular heartbeat. Oh, gee. So he was uh wasn't too happy because he figured right when we get into tie to first place and then there goes your top closer. So he's a little worried, but. No, he he's pretty happy overall. He, he wasn't he was, wasn't very happy early on in the season when they're going through that rough stretch, like you said. But they got some good pieces, and they all you know looks like they came together a little bit, win some games here and there. If you're a good closer, you want to cause heart problems, yeah. not have them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's okay. true. So well, the National League West is uh, an um, well, it's the most competitive uh, race this year in baseball. Yeah, it's fun to watch. It, it's good for baseball fans just to see the back and forth and not landslides like. Uh, they're tied with the uh, Diamondbacks right now, right? Yes. Yeah. And the Rockies so are only a couple back, I think. Yep. I think the Giants are seven back, but uh, they don't really have the horses this year, I think, to get back in it. And, and the Dodgers, holy cow. I mean, you look at that lineup, and you're just wondering why they're not uh, a little farther Ten ahead. Ten games than further ahead, yeah. 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 If you compare it last year's lineup to this year's lineup, it seems like they should be winning 120 games now, but... That's well, they had that incredible run last year. Well, I mean, I don't remember what it was, but it seemed like it was like mm -hmm. 25 out of 30 games in a brief period of time or something like that. And That's the joy of baseball, though. You never know what's going to happen. Law of averages mm -hmm. does catch mm -hmm. up. Catching yep. up a little bit with the Mariners right now. Uh, mm -hmm. they, at least they've seemed like they found a little bit of footing here. So, Yeah, they, they uh, hit for a reverse cycle last night. I couldn't believe that. Uh, I was actually having dinner with Mike and the marketing team and kind of checking it out. And Hanniger's leading off, hits a home run, and then Span hits a triple, and then uh, Segura hits the double, and and uh, Cruz hit the yeah, single. Cruz hit the single, and he just off of Verlander, no yeah. no less. I mean, you just kind of don't expect that. He was off his game. Got what he got thrown out after two innings or something like yeah. that, right? I put I, I put I put asterisk next to thrown out because I feel like he tried to find a way out of there. <laughs> he was, a, yeah. I'm, I want to go shower. Yeah. <laughs> Service uh, was quoted after the game or before the game. Actually, he says, "Yeah, we're going to try this lineup, but we probably won't do it again unless they score eight runs." And <laughs> guess what? They score eight runs, so we'll probably see Hanniger leading off again tonight. That's a safe bet, I'd say. Well, the A's back to Rodney. I, it sounds like they're not going to use him as a closer. He's going to be one of the setup guys. And uh, I have to admit, I haven't followed the A's as much, but they've got four or five guys now in that bullpen. They're kind of like the Royals bullpen those couple of years when they won yep. the World Series, where if they can just get to the fifth inning uh, with a lead, then they're going to be in pretty good shape. So. Yeah. I think they got that Blake Trine guy. He has like mm -hmm. a one-something ERA. That's their closer. Yeah, 0 0.97, I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. incredible. Just hope, hoping maybe they go through a little rough stretch while we got some good footing and get back up uh, there. It's all, it's all on the West Coast this year. That's where the interest is. The Yankees yeah. and, and Red Sox are a foregone conclusion. The Indians are a foregone conclusion. There's still a little bit of interest in the in the National League East and the Central, but uh, the West is exciting for both the American League and the National League. Well, we've got uh, today, since we don't, we're don't we not talking to uh, – you, you're not a home brewer, are you, Eric? I am, actually. Oh, you do? I okay. do. Yeah, we okay. Ashley and I actually have uh, brewed a couple times at home. Just got done with one that we brewed for the wedding. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we're showing some interest in that. Now that we're back home full-time, I think we're going to try to be a little more frequent with it. It's a couple years since we last brewed, but it's enjoyable. It's appreciative, and it's fun. What do you? What kind of recipes you working on? What are you having fun with? Uh, last this last one was a hazy IPA, not not too bitter. It was mm -hmm. about a sixty five uh, IBUs. Uh, showed about I think it was a five eight six percent alcohol. Mm -hmm. But uh, she she's showing some interest in some IPAs now. 
uh, now that she works here at Yakima Chief. But uh, I'm always a big IPA fan, so we're gonna, probably going to stick right around that region of the IPAs. Not necessarily too bitter, but she uh, she likes the lighter stuff, so we're going to stick right around there. I don't know if you saw an, uh, an announcement this week out of a GABF, Great American Beer Festival, that the single largest category of entrance this year was Hazy IPA. And mm. the first year that they've... Uh, you know, had it as a separate category. It's all of a sudden the number one most entered uh, 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 segment of the whole contest, which is yeah. pretty remarkable. And I think it was like you have maybe a one percent chance of winning it all, but it's <laughs> what a great thing. You know, it's been really a big uh, phenomenon in the United States. It's starting to uh, go around the world. Pretty exciting what's going on around the hazies. Yep. It's very trendy right now. I'd say hazy IPAs. You start seeing them pop up at uh, different breweries and stuff. I yep. think Ryo actually just released one yesterday or a couple of days ago. Yeah, Rainier. Yeah, yeah. yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So Eric, what uh, what hops did you throw in your wedding beer? I'm we anxious. did uh, Simcoe, Citra, Warrior, and I believe that was it actually. Simcoe, well, Citra, and Warrior. That's so a good combination. Obviously, Warrior was the bittering. And Simcoe and uh, Citra were more of the aroma. I thought you were going to say Warrior was the main entrance for the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve has got, what, 40 years, right? You Four. and Diana, uh, 40? Oh, uh, yes, 40. It'll be 41 uh, in October. And we're, we'll, we be, we'll be, uh, i got to make sure <laughs> I get this right. We'll be uh, 31 in, a, in November. So, yeah. Yeah. Got a long way to go. Well, <laughs> gotta have a lot of peace beers not yeah. so much warrior beers yeah. <laughs> peace beers happy, happy wife happy life that's all he you gotta remember believe how many if times I've heard that in three weeks <laughs> <laughs> if mama ain't happy ain't no one happy there you go so. there you go well, uh, we, we're drinking, actually, I was about to say, uh, since we're not talking to a, a commercial brewery this week, we're drinking a beer that our um, technical brewing team, Nick and Tommy, put together, and Pat, uh, and Kevin uh, Kevin uh, Smith and over at uh, Bale Breaker, uh, and we're using uh, the uh, what we're calling the American Noble, or the, the debitter leaf part of the uh, the... the when we do our uh, cryo processing, the co-product, the American Noble, and we've got Laurel, Cascade, uh, and um, Simcoe. Um, Simcoe in it, and it's it's a really good beer. I mean, it's amazing as we learn more about how to use the individual parts of the hops, and it's something that, to me, is still very exciting. And I've only been here now for 15 months at Yakima Chief, but to talk to uh, brewers or growers and people who've really been around this for a long, long time, how they're excited by the fact that we're still learning about how to use hops in different ways and and, and segments and, and fractions of hops in different ways. And this is a this is a really, <laughs> really nice beer. So, so this is uh, Cascadian Royalty. Is what they call it. That's what the name of the, the beer. beer is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really amazing beer. The, this doesn't have kind of the the thick resiny. It's light. It's fruity, but still very hoppy. Mm-hmm. And and I'm very impressed by this. I know, you know, a Bill Breaker. They don't make a bad beer out right. there, but uh, most of their hop uh, beers are really hop forward. And my kind of beer yeah. that uh, you really uh, like that hop forward flavor and, and hoppiness but this is light it's fruity but still hoppy this is uh, something that would be i would consider it kind of a summer ale yeah, something you could really drink this beer. time yeah, of the d- year do you know what the uh the alcohol <coughs> content in this one is steve by chance 
don't. Um, I know it's 40 IBUs. I just saw it okay. over in the other room, but I did not check the alcohol. <coughs> but it, it is. I mean, you feel like you could drink this one for a while and mm -hmm. really enjoy it. Yep. So, I mean, even, uh, you know, the Leota May that Bill Breaker is making now, which is one of my new favorites, uh, they, they took Equinot Cryo. You know, an Equinot's, it's, it's got one of those hops that might have what would be classified as a little bit dank component to it, or a green onion. But when you do the cryo, you kind of peel off that part of it. And what you're left with is just this really wonderful aroma. And again, just an example of how, you know, we're still putting a lot of money into R&D and trying to figure out how to be able to utilize hops better on behalf of the brewers. The brewers are doing it themselves, and there's all kinds of fun uh, experiments going on right now and, and, and testing and analysis. And that's, again, it, it reminds us that we're in this, uh, you know, where, they, where they, these guys are chefs and they're trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to use ingredients in different ways. And it's got to be a lot of fun even for you and, you know, and Ashley, when you're making your home brews, it's got to be fun for the brewers that are playing around with this stuff to re not, not reinvent but reintroduce different components of these hops to the customers. I, I can't even tell you. I probably haven't even began to scratch the surface on hops usage and homebrew and stuff. I, it's beyond me, but it's very interesting to read up on. I do a lot of research myself. Just like like to know know things, know what's going on. And these guys, how they, like you said, use fractions of different hops at different parts of the boiling, and it's just it's incredible. Yeah, it's that, and that's a lot of fun too. When we have a uh, harvest season coming up real fast now. I mean, we're going to start eight days, uh, 10 days in Oregon, and then uh, a little bit longer than that, you know, here in the Valley. It's coming yeah, up fast. It's it's coming up fast. Um, the uh, guys are getting things geared up. Uh, you know, in Washington, we really don't have those real early varieties like we used to. We were growing a lot of those retro European varieties uh, up here, and uh, Tetanang was one that comes to mind that AB was uh, contracting direct years ago and we've lost all those so a lot of times uh, we've got a few Willamette that's still grown here that uh, a lot of guys will start their harvest off with but uh, at that point it's kind of Centennial and uh, Simcoe that uh, people get going with and typically that's those aren't really mature until late uh, in uh, August so um, yeah we'll start getting some Oregon hops up here probably in another two weeks uh, if that and uh, Pete uh, Venegas uh, we mentioned him earlier I just talked to him a little bit he's on his way back from uh, Oregon and, and he says that the hop looks uh, the crop looks improved down there from, mm -hmm. from what he saw a couple weeks ago when Good. he was down there so mm -hmm. um, hopefully that's the case and uh, we continue to get some good quality stuff from uh, our friends down in Oregon. Well, it'll be, uh, it'll be a good time. We have harvest going. We'll have a couple of baseball uh, pennant races going on in the month of September. You get the 40-man yeah, call-up or the roster call-up. It's always a pretty fun time. And uh, the only bad time is if you're a kid, you're going back to school. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I remember at the, uh, the end of summer, right when baseball was heating up, was no fun. So. Yeah. Hey, and the fresh hop beers come out. And fresh hop beers come uh, out. It's yeah. my favorite time of year. Yeah, get the harvest wrapped up and get a taste of those wonderful uh, flavors of fresh hop beers. That's a good time. Have you tried to make any fresh hop beers I as a home brewer? Or I not? have not uh, tried to make fresh hop beers, but uh, actually this year Varietal asked us if we'd submit some fresh hops for them to make a fresh hop beer from. Nice. I believe they're going to try to use our Simcoe's. We're still trying to talk that out a little bit and figure mm -hmm. out what's going to go on there, but 
fresh hops are probably one of my favorite types of beers personally just a little more little more resin little I, I like hops I like bitterness so those are probably my tops. But. So you, I mean, you're unique, obviously, growing up on a hop farm, but you just graduated from WSU this past spring, right? And uh, and uh, is this something that's caught on out in Pullman, this whole idea of hoppy beers, or is it still, you know, people are on a budget and they're drinking whatever's available, or is it some <laughs> sp- some spectrum in between of that? Or It's kind of a mixed bag, actually, to be honest. You know, there, you still have your guys that go out and buy the Rolling Rock, 24 pack for four dollars or whatever it yeah. is when they're on sure. a budget but yeah. some guys and actually overall uh you see a lot more ipas on tap and bars and stuff so it's it's kind of interesting to see uh see the change and i tried to get some of my friends on it and some some bought into it some didn't some threw it to the side and said no I said, okay that's fine but yeah i try <coughs> with friends and people who uh didn't really know much about hops at all because over there it's just wheat <laughs> so I tried to plead my case, and actually my professor grew a lot of interest, and he actually might come down this fall to check out nice. check out the farm. So, Was there any kind of a home brewing club on campus or anything like that that uh, you could get together and or, or bottle sharing? We try, you know, unique, uh, when you're all 21, of course. Yes, uh, yes of course. <laughs> 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 no, no, there wasn't anything like that. I, I wish there was, now that you said that. I never really thought of it while I was there, but I wish I kind of would have tried to implement something like that while I was over there. That was the uh, saying when I was over there, I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> That's a new it's one. It's an old one at Pullman. Yeah, it's been around for a while. But... <laughs> Yeah, you you got to be one of a kind to live out there. I tell you what, yeah. out there in the middle of nowhere, you gotta you gotta buy into Pullman. Well, it was there was a you know there was a, a New York Times article uh, a couple of weeks ago that called that area between Pullman and Moscow and uh, Spokane the Tuscany of the United States. Oh, it was pretty impressive. You know, wow. there, some people were doing some marketing over there in Pullman and yeah. in, in Moscow, Idaho. I think so. That's a bit of a stretch, but I'll, I'll buy in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looks that those rolling hills, I guess, is really what they were trying to identify with. So, Eric, I got a trivia question for you. I'm ready. Being as you uh, are a WSU Cougar, okay, um, and we're talking about the Dodgers today, there are there were at least three Cougar baseball players that ended up playing for the Dodgers. Uh, your dad would probably get at least one, maybe two of them. You have any idea? I only know of the one Cougar that I know that actually did something in the MLB. And who's that? Mr. Olerud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, John Olerud. He was the uh, player of the year. I think he was, was like 15-1 and one as a pitcher, and he hit like 450. Oh, he was a pitcher. I didn't realize that. He, was a, he was, did both. He, he was, was a great left-handed. Sweet 15 and yeah. 1 as a pitcher. I mean, yeah. he, he, he probably could have pitched in the major leagues, yeah. but uh, he went right from WSU to the Toronto Blue Jays and, and played major league baseball right away. Yeah, I, don't th- I don't think he played a single out in minor <coughs> league ball. Is that right? I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. He m- I can't remember. I can't remember. Nope. If I don't think he did. Um, he hit only home runs. He didn't make a single out. Uh, <laughs> no, he didn't play a single inning. Yeah. He went right to the major leagues. But there w- there were three uh, Cougars who became, and one of them is, is a very famous Dodger, played third base for him back in the uh, Steve Garvey days. Uh, oh, Ron Say. Ron Say, the Penguin. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, 
Bobo Brayton, the coach of WSU at the time, nicknamed him the Penguin because he kind of <laughs> walked with a stick up his, you know what. And it looks a little bit like Mike, Mike Moustakis in that <laughs> walk, you know. <laughs> Very yeah. similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ron Say was the most famous one. Okay. Uh, but they had a, a reliever by the name of Ton, Tom Needenfewer, mm-hmm. who also played a uh, year for the Mariners. And uh, he, he was a closer, but, but more of a more of a setup guy mm-hmm. later on in his career. Okay. Big red-headed kid from uh, Seattle area. And then the, the last one was a young guy. Well, young guy. He's my age. He was a young guy <laughs> when I followed him who actually played for the Beatles, uh, was a catcher uh, by the name of Don Crow. I don't know that and one. And he went to WSU, played, had a pretty good career there as a catcher, played for Bobo, and then uh, also um, played for the Dodgers, cup of coffee type thing, four or five games. But those are the three Cougars that actually uh, played baseball for the mm-hmm. for the L.A. Dodgers. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, we learned something today, <laughs> Eric. Right? Learned something, learn something new every day. Well, Eric, thank you very much for taking time to come in. We know you're going to get real busy real soon with Harvest coming on, so we really appreciate you coming into the office and uh, sharing a beer with us and telling us some, uh, some about what's going on down in Mabton. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. You'll have to uh, let Ashley know in a few days here that you'll see her in 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> <and> hope <everybody laughs> I'll have to let her know that. All right. Well, take care, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys.